Did you hear the news? MetroPCS is now Metro by T-Mobile. Now you get new plans with unlimited high-speed data all month long. All on the T-Mobile network. Check out the new Metro by T-Mobile today and discover the smarter way to get unlimited. Metro by T-Mobile. That's genius. During congestion, the fraction of customers using greater than 35 gigs per month may notice reduced speeds. And Metro customers may notice reduced speeds versus some T-Mobile customers. Video streams at 4DP. Coverage not available in some areas. See store for details and terms and conditions. Hello and welcome to the next episode of the Cultural Stew Moments of Influence. My name is Ron Harkins Jr. and I am here today with my next guest, Kara Emanuele. Me and Kara have known, Kara and I have known each other since 2002, uh, when I was cast in my first musical for Blackfriars Theater. When I came back um, after uh, serving a mission in Utah, I was a scrawny little uh, kid, uh, didn't know what I was getting into. All I know is I wanted to get back on stage, and here was Kara musical director. And uh, Kara, tell us a little about yourself. Well, first of all, I'm really excited to be here. Thank you for asking me. Um, I am a voice coach, an acting coach, uh, and a casting director. And I also work as an actor um, and a singer myself. And um, I've been here in Rochester uh, for almost 18 years. And really, you know, love living in upstate New York. It's close enough to New York, where my kids are, and I get to uh, travel there and see shows. And um, but I like living in uh, I, I like living upstate. I'm originally from uh, the Syracuse area, so it feels like home. Uh, but there's a lot going on in Rochester, and and uh, I work in Syracuse as well, and uh, really enjoying working with different theater companies and uh, film companies, and with with different actors. Uh, I coach children and teens and adults. So yeah, that's what I do. Thank you. And, you know, I, I mentioned that, you know, Kara was not only influential in getting me my first role at Blackfire Theater in, in general, but Kara was also influential in our wedding. Um, she actually sang at our wedding um, and was influential in basically me and my wife meeting each other. So uh, it's been a long connection. It's been a good connection. Kara um, decided that she would like to talk about the movie Kramer versus Kramer, a movie that I have not seen in a while, uh, but Kara is very familiar with this. Um, it is directed and written by Robert Benton. It's written based on a novel by Avery Corman. It stars Dustin Hoffman and Meryl Streep. It had nine nominations and five wins, and one for Best Picture, Best Director, Best uh, Adapted Screenplay, and of course, Best Actor and Best Supporting Actress for Street. Kara, tell me a little about this film. Well, I saw this film when I was in ninth grade many moons ago. So it came out in, um, in December of 79. So I'm imagining that when I saw it was probably January of 1980, something like that, January, February. I went to a little um, movie theater in Pulaski, New York. Um, I'm from, from the big boomy metropolis of Mexico, New York with two stoplights. And um, I went with my church youth group. You know, we did 
there there wasn't a lot to do. It it just wasn't like kids That's grow up. Quite now. the movie to see with a church youth group. Uh, well, yeah. Okay, <laughs> it, okay, we saw lots of films, and actually, this was pretty tame. Actually, <laughs> you know, it, when I think back uh, to some of the films that we saw, but yeah, we did we did great things, and 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 again, growing up in a in a small town, I was really fortunate. My my parents afforded me opportunities outside of Mexico. I took dance lessons. I took piano lessons. I took gymnastics. Um, but most kids growing up, uh, we did things that were just in our town. People played football or baseball, or they were in the marching band. And that's, you know, kind of how, how you grew up. They're just you played in your backyard. You went over to your grandmother's house and made uh, jam. It, it really was like that in the in the nineteen seventies and eighties. Not a lot to do. So going to the movies in you know in a movie theater was was huge. So in nineteen eighty, you know, I'm thinking back. I probably at that point had only seen maybe three or four movies in my entire life on a on a big screen. And I remember one of those was bed noms and broomsticks. <laughs> <laughs> so I am really dating myself now. But, I, you know, I remember my mom and my grandmother taking my brother and sister and I to uh, a couple of films. And I don't remember what they were. Snow White may have been one of them. But I, but I know bed noms and broomsticks. And at any rate, so going, um, you know, on a Sunday afternoon after church with my church youth group to see Kramer versus Kramer. And um, I just remember it being the most um, visceral experience that I had had to at that point in my life. Yeah. Being a ninth grader. What, tell me a little bit about the, what the movie is about. So yeah, Kramer versus Kramer is about um, the, this married couple. Um, Joanna Kramer is played by Meryl Streep and Ted Kramer is played by Dustin Hoffman and they have a young son, Billy. And, uh, it's, it's about divorce and what happens to a family. And really, if I had to choose one word to describe what I feel the entire film is about, it's vulnerability. And, you know, that, that influence that has influenced me greatly, just I remember every detail of that day. I remember what I was wearing. I remember the popcorn that I had. And it was absolutely a pivotal day in my life because of of that film. And that film came along in a time when there was a cultural shift going on between the how the, the typical mother and father relationship and how a family core was viewed and how much of a stigma divorce was in our society. And it opened up that discussion for, well, what happens with a divorce? And, you know, should people be sticking through a relationship that is, you know, abusive, you know, um, and where it goes on that? What, what really stuck out to you when, that, that now you're looking back at it is what draws you back to that film? It was Meryl Streep's performance. Yeah. Her, her tears and her, uh, you know, portrayal of this woman who thought she wanted one thing, but then realized that it, you know, she thought she wanted to be married to this man and she thought she wanted to be a mother, 
um, as defined by what society thought a mother should be at that point. And she really realized that was not fulfilling for her. And she was going to be no good to herself, her husband, um, to their marriage or to their child being as unhappy as she was. And, um, yeah. So here's Meryl and she just is basically at the start of her film career. I think it was her third film, but her first major, you know, this is my coming out Mm -hmm. movie. Um, she gets that nomination for it. And one of the things that struck me about that was she had this, this great line. Um, she said when she saw a taxi driver, was that 75, 76? Sounds right. Um, she made the remark about Robert De Niro and she said, that's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. That's the actor I want to be when I grow up. Mm-hmm. And here she is going into this year with her 21st, 23rd nomination. But it all kicked off with what she put out in that film. Yeah. It was, yeah. She just showed so much range and... um Again, I go back to that um, term visceral, and I use that as a as an acting coach a, a lot about you know just acting from yourselves. Like you you can feel that come across the screen. Um, same thing when I when I see a very influential um, stage actor, or I see a performance, you know, or I hear the human voice. I even you know I hear a, a seven year old singing something, you know, and. I, it affects me in that in that same way, but it was something very very specific about this perf- performance, about Meryl's performance, that made me realize I want to be an actor. I'm I'm going to be up on that screen um, someday, and I I don't know how to do it. You know, I was in a small town. You were in the marching band. That was it, and I was a a great singer. I was. Um, really a natural singer. I was a very natural musician. And, um, the, the only thing nobody ever talked to me about going to school to become an actor. You, I, I was going to be a music teacher that, you know, that's the performing that I knew I sang in church. I did, you know, maybe there were Christmas pageants or something like that, but I had never been exposed to acting. No one ever said to me, you know, you, you can go to Carnegie Mellon or you can go to Juilliard or, you know, people actually study how to do this. I I think I would have been blown away that that was an option. So it wasn't until I was kind of out in the world and away from my small town that I realized like, wait a second, like people actually study this. Oh, that's how you get to, you know, to that point. And, um, so that's where I really started making the journey from music into musical theater, which is where I, I really ended up um, doing most of my undergraduate and graduate work uh, was was in musical theater. And then now as an adult is really when I've started training as an actor and, and training other actors. So tapping back into that movie just for uh, another second here. Um so you mentioned about being, being visceral and being real and how much that Meryl brought to that. And there's, uh, I want to say stories, but I mean, they're, they're true facts of what happened. And this was a movie where Meryl just, she really defined who she was going to be because she put her foot down when she read the script and she didn't agree with what she was reading the script as for her character. And she talked with the director and they rewrote 
the things and she actually had Meryl rewriting her lines and making them real. She researched with her mother and talked with her mother about, let's make this character real and how do I become that? And on the other side of that fence, you have Dustin, who's uh, he's kind of solidified who he was in Hollywood at this point, um, a very method actor. Absolutely. And so you have this method actor going against somebody who's trying to be very raw and real, um, but she's not disappearing into that in the way that Dustin, there was a famous scene where he literally smacked her and it was real. Um, you know, there it's how do you approach those different ways into acting? I mean, is it, do you follow down that line of being a method actor where you just envelop yourself so much that it becomes who you are? Or do you let yourself become who the character, or I'm not raising that right. Or do you let the character become part of you in the way that you actually can be identified as that character, whereas the character is more, Identifies sure, you. sure. Yeah. You know, this conversation has been very relevant in, in my life as a, as a coach and a casting director and as an actor in, in recent months. Um, I've, I've been, po- this question has been posed to me several times about different methods and, and the method or, you know, Stanislavski or, or, you know, studying with Uta Hagen or um, Sanford Meisner, what, um, you know, how, how does that differ? You know, how do the methodologies differ and how do you decide what you want to study and how, you know, and, and I think it's a, it's a little bit of, it's just a little bit of everything. What works for me as an actor is transference is for instance, if I'm working on a scene now, now I am divorced, so I could totally relate to, you know, divorce and how it, 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 um, uh, tears apart a family and what happens to children and all of that. But, um, you know, there are situations, uh, that, you know, I've played a character where I've nothing like that has happened to me, but I try to find, um, something that's similar. Um, and, uh, and I, and I teach my actors that as well, you know, for instance, maybe, uh, when I work with young actors, and we're working with really heavy material, say for instance, it's a, it's a, um, scene about sexual molestation or something, you know, very dark like that. Um, the teens that I'm working with, hopefully something like that has never happened to them. But when you break it down and you realize what that really is, it's a loss of control. So we talk about, well, what other situations have you been in where, you've experienced a loss of control. And then we transfer that onto the, the scene. And, and that's, that's kind of how I work. So I would say it for me personally, it's not, I'm, I'm not working in one methodology. I, I, I think it's, you find what, what works for you. And I know that there are some actors who are, are religious about, staying with the one methodology that they have learned. And I'm, I'm not sure that that, you know, it worked, it obviously works for, for people who are, have been really super successful. Um, but I'm not sure that works, you know, for everybody. And, you know, I've, I've been able to get on stage a couple of times and, um, I'm, I'm mainly a background person, but the thing that's 
stuck with me through and what I've been taught through the years and that I've been most grateful is just, you know, being true and letting letting you sell, letting you meld with whoever the character is. So it's not a character that you're doing. You're not going up there and playing Mickey Mouse right. where you're so like over the top, over the right. top, but grounding it in reality, whether it yes. be something that you actually have gone through mm-hmm. or it's something similar to an experience that you've gone through so that it has a root and it has authenticity. A yeah, that's absolutely what you're going for. Realism. It's, it's our job as actors, as storytellers, we are storytellers. It is our job to create authentic, realistic characters that an audience, we, we need to be believable. So how we get there is our own business, I guess. Do you know what I'm Absolutely, saying when yeah. it comes to, you know, it, you're going to work with your coach, you're going to, you know, spend time, you know, doing your own research, you know, whatever it is. Um, you know, when there are these incredible actors like, like Meryl Streep, of course, and, and Daniel Day-Lewis, who, uh, or, you know, Philip Seymour Hoffman, of course, and they're just known for living, eating, breathing, sleeping, becoming, um, even physically, you know, becoming the characters that they're, that they're playing. Um, and, and that's what I love about the opportunity to tell these stories in the way that I do on stage and on screen is, is to be able to, um, express myself, um, yeah, viscerally and, and authentically and finding, and it's so cathartic. It is so absolutely cathartic for things that have happened in your life that you've wanted to say to somebody or you, you know, and I'm a, I'm a pretty say it like it is kind of girl. So I've probably said everything I want to say. You don't to say. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, playing these characters certainly is very cathartic. And I, I think going back to Kramer versus Kramer, you know, Meryl's tears, that's what, that's what got me, you know, her it was just something about watching her cry and watching her crumble in front of you, in front of the camera. Um, and, and knowing that that was what was supposed to happen in the, you know, in, in the storytelling. Yeah. So you take yourself from, from being a young kid in Mexico, you see this movie Kramer and it sets you down this path of theater and eventually musical theater and, what what have been those roles over the years that have have touched you in a way that they stand out above the other roles? I mean, I want to say your favorite roles, but that's not always, you know, right. we may we maybe have fun playing a role, but it, it may not touch us in the way, but in a way that you can relate to like, oh, that, yeah. that Meryl Streep moment, this yeah. was how I felt doing this role. I think, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is when I played Weezer in um, Steel Magnolias. And, you know, you wouldn't think of that as being deep, you know, because she's the loud mouth and, um, and she kind of lives, you know, Weezer lives on the outside. You know, everything's just out there and big and she wears everything on her sleeve and she just tells people, you know, what, what is. But all of that comes from what has happened to her. It comes from her past. It comes from um, insecure. She has insecurities, 
But she, I think she's just at a, light, a, a point in her life where, you know, you get to a point, I'll, I'll be 53 soon. And, you know, even, even now I just, you take less from people. You care less about uh, what people think, their opinions and um, needing validation. And um, I think that was really fun for me um, playing Weezer and realizing that she felt comfortable in her own skin. And, um, but boy, those women were so, um, passionate about their friendship and that was real and that is authentic. And that doesn't matter if you're big and boisterous or you're more demure. Um, it, 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 it's real, it's genuine. And, um, I really loved exploring all of that, um, in, in that play, which is one of the most well-written things I've ever worked on. I really enjoy that. If you were to put your finger on a film that came out in the last couple of years that you would highly suggest that somebody go see is to see, you know, that's what acting is about. Right. What would you say? Um, can it be not within the last like couple of years? Can it sure. be like contemporary? Yep. Okay. So the example that I always, always, always go to is Capote. Mm. And, you know, I, I don't watch a film now that I don't do a ton of research after I see the film. You know, I will go home and read anything that I can, you know, get my hands on. I will watch any kind of, of um, interviews that have been done with the actor, the directors, the, the artistic team. And, um, and God, I loved the stories that Philip told about becoming this character. And, you know, he was a big guy. He was a big guy, big boned, you know, big guy. And, you know, for him to have physically become Truman Capone was just an amazing, you know, an amazing feat. And, um, yeah, just what he was able to create and the versatility that, that he had as an actor, you know, in general, but with that role specifically, that's one that I will right off the bat with my adult acting classes. I will say, you know, if, if you have not seen this film, that's the first one that you need to go home and watch. If somebody came up to you right now, standing at the crux of their life, deciding to go down that path of being an actor, what's, what would you embark upon them and, and advice? My advice would be, um, you know, I would, I would first ask them, you know, how serious are you? You know, do you, do you realize what this really takes? You know, and I would ask them when you talk about wanting to be an actor, do you mean an actor within your community? Do you mean a semi-professional actor that does some paying work, whatever? Or do you mean I am all in, I will give up anything. I, I want to be in LA you know, I want to be in New York and I help actors to kind of look at the trajectory. Where do you want to be in a year? Where do you want to be in three years? Where do you want to be in five years? Are you in a position financially that you can make some sacrifices? What, what's happening with your children? Are you married? You know, you have to think about the realities of life because it isn't just about, I want to become an actor. You know, it's, well, how am I going to pay for classes? 
How am I going to pay for my headshots? How am I going to take time off to go to Pittsburgh for, you know, an, an audition or, you know, whatever it's, I really like to talk to somebody about what are the realities and what do you really mean? And do you understand the sacrifice? And it's also not about talent. It's about the lifestyle. You have to have both. So when somebody says, you know, my husband is an amazing actor. Yeah. Like, okay, I might go to see them in a play and they, they were phenomenal or a child, you know, like, oh God, they, they're better than anybody on American Idol or, you know, whatever. And we, you know, we want them to have all these opportunities. We want them to have a Nickelodeon show we want to do, you know. And I'm like, you can't even drive into the city after dark. Like, you don't even like to come to my studio in Rochester on Park Avenue. And, you know, so you have to understand that it's not just the talent and the work. It's the lifestyle. It's all of those things combined. So are you ready for that? you know, and it's, it's sacrifice. It absolutely is. And I sit here, um, today and can tell you that I absolutely, you know, lost my marriage to this business. That that's, that's reality. You gotta, you gotta know, you've gotta know what you're, what you're sacrificing, but I don't have any regrets. I don't have any regrets at all. And it goes back to like, to be an actor, you got to know yourself. Absolutely. And if you know yourself, then you know how far you're going to sacrifice. Absolutely. And that's, and, and that goes back to Kramer versus Kramer. That goes back to, you know, one, some of her dialogue talks about if I don't leave now, you're going to come back. You know, she says to her husband, he's, you know, not paying attention to her, of course you know, and, and he's off doing his, and, and he's doing really well in his company. You know, he works in advertising and, and, um, you know, he's kind of trying to shush her when she's saying, I'm leaving you, Ted, I'm, le- I'm leaving you. Here are the keys. Here's the dry cleaning bill. You have to pick up Billy after school tomorrow. There's a birthday party, blah, blah, blah. Right. I'm leaving. And he's like, what do you mean? You know, stop joking around. And she's like, if I don't do this now, you're going to come back in a week or a month or a year. And I would, I've, I've jumped out the window. You know, and then she explains in a letter later to Billy, you know, why she why she needed to leave. And um, and it's, you know, it's kind of about knowing that I want to be your mommy. I just can't be your mommy every day. I'm I'm not. I think the the quote is I I'll be your I'm going to cry. I'll be your mom in your heart, but I won't be your mom at home. Some you know, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's knowing yourself. You're, you're absolutely right. And being willing to be vulnerable enough to say that and vulnerable enough in, in front of an audience. Yeah. I, I, that, that has been a very key to me is just like being willing to cut yourself open and put yourself out there and it's exposing who you are and whether you fail or whether you succeed. Um, how that shapes where you're going to go. Yeah. And, and I think it's um, really hard as social media has become so prevalent in our lives and, and how instant gratification is the big, you know, our, everybody's mantra, you know, like, am I going to get it now? You know, and, and how do I look in this, you know, picture and how, you know, and everybody's comparing themselves to everyone. And, you know, 
we've got, I think we do have to get back to authenticity somehow and saying it's, it's okay to be yourself. It's okay to, you know, be who you are. And I mean, I mean, this is really relevant to my life right now. I am the very proud mother of a transgender son. I brought up a, a daughter, but there was not one second after he, he, he told me that this is what, you know, he had decided to do that. I ever said, wow, I never saw that coming. Of course I saw it coming, you know? And so it, it is about putting, opening yourself up and putting yourself out there. And, and I, and I applaud people who are able to do that. And I think our society is becoming much more open to that. Just like, even when you said in the beginning of the interview, there was a time when divorce was not acceptable. You know, look how far we've come now. You know, if you're not in a <laughs> from a divorced family, you know, you're in the minority. I mean, I just had the same, and we're going to wrap up here in a second. I just had the same discussion with somebody the other day, and we, we literally talked for two hours. You know, he he's on one side of the fence, I'm on the other side of the fence. And the one thing he kept trying to brag back, he's like, "It's the, it's the degradation of morals in our society." And I'm like, I think it's the shift of people finally accepting the fact that we can actually be true to who we are and coexist. Yes. And you have people that don't want that and like hiding behind this facade of everything is peaches and roses and picket fences. And this other group is growing up and I'm, I'm grateful my kid is growing up right now because they're growing up in a society where they will be accepted for whoever they are and whatever they do and they won't be judged for it. And yeah, it's, it's quite a shift and it's happened within the past like 10, 15 years in like rapid succession. Absolutely. Um, Kara, I'd like to thank you very much for thank joining you. me today. Um, Kara, if somebody wanted to find you, stalk mm -hmm. you, yeah. <laughs> where could they find you? Well, I have a website, karademanuelli.com. So, uh, that's where, you know, I would go or Google me, you know, you, you'll definitely be able to find me. Thank you. And as always, you can find me as at GF Media or at GF Media CEO pretty much everywhere. You can find us on culturalstew.net, cultural, at culturalstew.net on Twitter or culturalstew on Facebook. Thank you. Catch you at the next episode. you've heard want to continue to hear more please consider patreon what is patreon you ask patreon is a content creator support site a way for people to support the things they love and allow creators to continue creating the content that they love please consider heading over to patreon.com gfmedia and becoming a patreon supporter today
Did you hear the news? Metro PCS is now Metro by T-Mobile. Now you get new plans with unlimited high-speed data all month long, all on the T-Mobile network. Check out the new Metro by T-Mobile today and discover the smarter way to get unlimited. Metro by T-Mobile. That's genius. During congestion, the fraction of customers using greater than 35 gigs per month may notice reduced speeds. And Metro customers may notice reduced speeds versus some T-Mobile customers. Video streams at 4 p Coverage not available in some areas. See store for details and terms and conditions.